podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Paddock Blues Podcast. You can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash paddock blues. Or you can email us at paddockblues at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues Podcast. Uh, today I'm joined by Jake. All right, mate. Not bad, mate, yourself? Yeah, yeah, good, good. So, uh, it's all right when we're coming off a positive result. I was going to say win then because it felt like it at the time, but it was a positive result nonetheless. Uh, but, yeah, no, we know, I know you haven't been on since the draw at Chelsea. Me, Melinda and Paul have done a reaction. You, unfortunately, are on the other side of the planet. So, uh, it's, it's a lot harder to sort of get times together. But well, just get your initial thoughts, mate, on the game. And you know, I know going for, coming back from behind twice, that it, it takes a lot of doing that, doesn't it? Doesn't happen often with Everton, does it? I kind of think the last time I kind of remember us coming obviously Palace, our famous Palace game last season. And then what was it like Wofford a couple of years before that? Only only times I can ever think of it, but you know, right. Theo Walcott one, yeah, yeah, and Yeri Mina was dancing. They were all pissed off that he was dancing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. It, it does. It feels like a win because we. How, how many times have we gone to places like Stamford Bridge, places like that, and we've got absolutely nothing, and we've been absolutely battered, and we just we 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 didn't. We weren't this time. It was actually a battle and Everton performance. It wasn't pretty by any any stretch of the imagination, but. We we got something out of it, and that's all that really matters at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, of course. It, it, it sounds like Gerard, and yeah, of course. It just it um that's all that matters. Listen, it's points on the board. That's the position we're in now. It, it's all about points on the board. Historically, we've never been good at a top six, have we? No. Um, in any top six team. So I think I, I said this on the last one under the other manager. I think we crumble. I think when Joe Felix scores, then it'd go down. I'm right in saying to Mary Gray, he said something along them lines as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, that we'd just crumble. And for the players to come out and say that, I, I felt like, I will go into individual performances in a bit, but as a collective, I thought the mentality change was fantastic. I just thought every time we went, you know, okay, that Felix scores a brilliant goal no matter where you look at it. Um, it reminded me of sort of Hammers, but, but then we come back into the game and thought, right, okay, we do all right, they get a penalty. And then even at that point, I'm thinking, there we go, 3 4 1, coming in and out. And they just still seem to they dug in, they never seem to thought, think they were down. Did you see that? Did you see a mentality shift? Oh, 100%. It was like, I, I just said, Everton. Start this year, we we go one 0 down like that. We our edge drop that game. Look at look at Arsenal last year, end of, end of last year. We concede one there. We know we would historically concede four, five, six. We just had absolutely battered. And it just this time it wasn't. It was almost sort of there's they actually had a bit of backbone. They had a bit of bit of a spine. Bit of, like they, they had a bit of resilience to be like, you know what, we're not out of this. Like, no. I, I mean, me personally, I thought Chelsea, Chelsea had, had a lot of possession, but I don't think they ever really 
obviously, as you said, Felix scored scored that goal, and then the controversial penalty in my eyes. But that's a story for another podcast. But we never really looked down and out. Like our heads never dropped. It was almost sort of like, come on, we need we need to do something here. Like it was almost like, you know what, we are in a bit of a dogfight here. Like, and if if our heads drop, we're going back into the dogfight. Yeah. And we also like with the uh, all the results earlier in the day going against us. We all we all said in the group chat we need something out of this game. And then, I mean, I, I will admit myself when it when when it went to two one, I thought that's game over. We're not winning the, We're not getting anything out of this game. Chelsea just gonna they're gonna go dead compact. They're gonna invite us to come onto them, and we haven't got enough to break them down. But obviously, uh, Ellis Sims had other ideas about that. Anyway, he, he, he did, and then uh, we'll we'll touch on Alex Sims in a minute. But there's a player I want to bring up who, um, just a couple of points on him really is, is the way he's really turned the corner under Sean Dice. And um, obviously, we're talking about the Corey. Uh, you know, the last two games he's got himself, um, two goals, two assists. So I think he, I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on why. It seems like he's just. I said this on the last one. He just seems happy now. He just seems like he's been given this new freedom. He, um, he just seems like he's the shackles are off, and that the last manager throws him out, and he feels like he's sort of looks like he's trying to prove him wrong as well. Um. And the other point I'd bring up, does he warrant now a new a new deal? You, you know, it's come out a couple of in, in the last 48 hours that we're looking at extending his contract. Do you think that's because he's playing obviously so well now? And I mean, why why I is think, he playing so well now? What what what's changed? He's kind of playing that, that role he had under Ancelotti, isn't it? Where he's just got a bit more of a free role. He hasn't really I've said it before, I don't think he's really got a task, shall we say? In the in the team, he's not like he's not there to break up play. He's not there to be a transition player. He's more so there to just be a nuisance. Like I think he sort of is a shepherd, and he sort of shepherds the opposition more towards someone like Edisagana Gay or Onana who can do something more with the ball, and maybe he can. And he's just there to get in the way and sort of be a bit of a, a bulldozer if he needs to be. Look at the. The last few goals he scored, he's just been right place, right time kind of kind of player. But in regards to the, the new contract, he, he's everyone, everyone knows he's got that that year that club option, hasn't it, for the year? Mm-hmm. And I think by all means, he, he's warranted the the extra year from the club. Whether that translates to the fact we give him a new contract, I think it's still a bit early to say. Uh, we've been burned by a lot of those in the past, and I, I think we need to learn from our mistakes. In regards to that, uh, but if he keeps it up, then by all means, give him a new contract. By yeah. all means, yeah, well, that was what I've been thinking of. And um, you know, obviously, the game happened on um Saturday night, and we're talking now on Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night afternoon for you. Um, but I've had more time to reflect on it now. I know the Lampard's Sean Dyche. Everyone sort of got on his back because he was constantly giving passes away and he, you know, we'd get caught on he just get caught with the ball under his feet all the time. And I think that was downfall was he was just always giving possession away, no matter whether a misplaced pass or just losing it by a tackle or whatever. I just think this mid that midfield of Anana and Drissigase sort of said, Listen, 
don't worry about it. You just get yourself up there and support. As you just said, support the Marie Gray. Yeah. Get yourself up there. We'll do the passing. We'll get the ball out to our full-backs, to the wingers. You just make sure you get yourself in the box. And I think he's driving on that, and that's got to be obviously... That's probably something Sean Dyke has looked at and gone, listen, you're just a big... You're a big, tall fella. You can probably... You can have the ball that we've seen. Just go and get yourself in the box, which... He's got to have credit for that, I think, Sean Dyke. Um, so we move on to another player. Listen, yeah, he's probably a fault for the first goal looking back now, but I'll take that out of it. Just for the moment, I'll take it out of it. I think Michael Keane in these last two games has been really, really good. What would you say about Michael Keane under Sean Dice now? Under under Sean Dice, Michael Michael Keane looks kind of like the player we thought he might be. I think he's sort of. Because he's not, he's not been asked to do too much. He's not asked to start attacks like maybe he was under Lampard or he's not asked to be like a, a bit of a sweeper like he was under maybe Benitez or... Yeah. Like, he, again, he's going back to more like Ancelotti, Michael Keane. He was just a solid defender. Didn't Wasn't asked to do too much. Wasn't asked to be anything he's not. And I think Sean Dyche has brought that back out of him. I also think... it. The fact he can trust his his, uh, his centre half partner a bit more now in Tarkowski is someone he obviously he knows pretty well through from the time together at Burnley. I think that also helps him because he knows that maybe if he's a bit late to the ball, Tarkowski's got his back, or he sort of got that vision of where he knows where Tarkowski will be, so he knows where he's got to cover that kind of thing. So it's sort of listen. We we said if he is Michael Keane's a confidence player. Everyone, everyone can see the world and his wife can see that Michael Keane is a confidence player, and I think finally he's just getting a little bit of confidence in him because he can just be Michael Keane. He's not asked to be prime Maldini, like sometimes yeah. I think he was asked under maybe previous Keep it simple sort of thing, isn't it? Really, yeah. Just if if in doubt, get it out. That kind of that kind of play. If if you're in trouble, oof it up. We'll see if. Uh, Demari Gray can get on the end of it. If not, get it away and let us reset. Get back to what our two banks are for. Yeah, and I think maybe you know what you've just hit the nail on the head there. Actually, um, do you think maybe that's why Cody's not a part of the team? Listen, I I'll ask you the question again. I'm kind of Cody, but just go just touch on my Michael people. Well, why is he coming straight back in the team? I think because obviously Dice trusts him. He trusts Dice. He trusts. He trusts Tarkovsky. Um, and I think as well, Dice has probably said to him, listen, don't be afraid to hoof the ball. As you just said, if he's out, kick it out. I, I think he has said, if you if you're not if not on's on, put the ball in the corner. Now, I don't think Lampard's thought to that. Do you know what I mean? I don't think Lampard, that was, it's not going in on Frank Lampard. I'm just trying to, you know, why, why Lampard and Keane's coming now and sort of thing. I think <clears throat> Keane's probably, probably said to him, no, if nothing's on your midfield, go back to your goalkeeper. You yeah. know, or go to your fullback, get the ball back off your fullback. I think that's going, listen, not, not, don't be doing any of that. Go get the ball up the pitch and we'll go as a team when we hook the team. So maybe that's something to think about. And hopefully it seems carry to be, on. To, yeah, it seems to be as well that like Dice's game plan isn't like passing it for passing its sake. Like all these passes we used to see and it's just like it goes from Coleman to Keane to Tarkowski to Michalenko back to Tarkowski to yeah. pick for to, no, there's none of that it's just get your head up if there's a pass on play it if not 
if there's a, if there's a, a a long pass on play, if not, play the simple ball, let on it or let a disengage turn, run with the ball because that's not your job. You're a defender. You defend. You're not you're not you're not uh, a striker. You're not an attacker. Give someone who is more of more of those kinds of a player. Let them do what they do. Or if if in doubt, put it to the wing. Let a Wobie run with it. Let McNeil run with it. Things things like that, and just you you concentrate on defending pretty much. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of what things said to him. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So hopefully we you know this. We all we all want every all centre half, every player that plays for everything we want to do well. So it's nice to see him actually coming into his own a little bit. Not getting over, yeah. not going over the top and saying he's the next Maldini or Franco Brazi, but it's just nice that a player who's come back from injury and he's doing well. Yeah, and it's it's always good to have options in it. It's always good to because you never know what's going to happen in the game. Oh, Someone yeah. could get to, could take a knock. There could be something happens, and we need we need to shore up the defense and have, a, have an extra centre half come in. Listen, having squad depth is never a bad thing, is it? No, we're not people. Listen, we've got no. They're saying that we've got no striker. We haven't, but. We're not sure to centre halves. No, nope. you've got me and a Cody. You know, Godfrey can play in there. Hope they can come in. You know, we've got talk off. You got uh, Tarkovsky and you've got uh, Keane. So, no, not some centre halves. That really, when you think about it. And um, so we'll go from centre halves to the centre forward, the young lad. But before we do, actually, I just want to touch on Dice and his subs. Now, listen. For me, it's it's not so far as so questionable. That was the bit, probably the first time I thought, because you know, you're chasing the game. When it was at two two, you can see the core was flat out on his feet, and it doesn't change nothing. It never changed nothing, and I just thought, what's he doing? And then I think he brought Tom Davis on, and he made a couple of mad changes, and it was questioned. Everyone was questioning him. I think he got Saturday absolutely spot on. And it's not even the Alice Sims one for me, it's the Michalenko one. Yeah, he could see he could see we were just getting overrun down that left hand side where we had like Godfrey sort of I don't see I, I don't think Ben Godfrey had a bad game at, at left back that time. I think sort of his pace actually helped us a little bit, but he could see we needed a bit of shoring up at, at the back. So he could see like it was you you said that they had the uh was it Reese James and Ben Chilwell were just switching play constantly. Yeah. And just run out, run out the back four, and I just think he needed that. And again, he hasn't asked Michalenko to be a bomb in that situation. Michalenko is not a bombing forward fullback. He's just he's a he's a left back. You don't leave that left flank. You're not trying to run in crosses. You're not trying to over, do overlaps with Dwight McNeil. You're there, stop that run. Again, I, I just say I think Nottingham Forest was the first sort of mm, moment of Tyshis. Tenure at Everton, but I think everyone, every manager, kind of has uh, something along those lines uh, at one point or other in their in their careers. I mean, so glad he's just getting it out of the way early. Yeah, no, it, it is. Isn't it? It, it, listen, he's done well. He's done well since he's come in. No one can say that he hasn't. It, it's three games that he's lost. One of them was at Arsenal. One of them was at Anfield. And listen, no, we're always going to get beat, weren't we? We're always going to get beat one game at home. <laughs> an old Aston Villa, but we beat Aston Villa with a striker. We all know that. So, oh, any, any, other, any other day we we beat Villa. It's yeah, so it wasn't days. a performance where we were sort of. I thought we were a lot of 
you know, really, when you think about it, the only two games that we were absolutely dire in were Liverpool and Arsenal, which no one expects to get out of. So, um, but we'll move on to the fellow, you know, the lad that he did bring on that made the difference in Ellis Sims. The, I think I seen it. I watched the compilation, compilation, compilation. You know what I mean? Um, of his goals, someone put them on Twitter. It was every one of his ever professional yeah. goals. I tell you what. As I'm looking at him, he's healthy, he scored one goal. But if that's anything to go by watching, he's a big lad. He's a big, strong, powerful lad. He, he does remind I said on the last one, he reminds me of Lukaku. It was just coming in from that, like, sort of the way he sort of comes in into the box from the side. He'll bully his way into the box like a winger, if you like. Not a winger, but no way I'm saying, like, he comes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, from the corner of the box and sort of bullies way in, puts it in the bottom corner. Listen, it be it was a really good goal, in it, to put Kulabelli on his ass like that. Yeah, I mean, and I, I just, I mean, again, we all, I, I bet a lot of us thought we did very good, and as I said, Ellison's had other ideas, but that's is, is it was in that that moment where he scored, he was everything you want to centre after, but he wasn't. He was quick, he was strong, he held his man off. He took it. He took the touch that he needed to, and he just he finished with composure. Mm. And that's exactly what you want to say. That's exactly what you want to have Everton centre half to be. The the goal. Sorry, centre forward. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Speaking of Lukaku, that goal he scored actually reminded me of the goal Lukaku scored against Chelsea in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Did. Cup uh, like, Kale. Yeah, Kale, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and but like. We all know we all know Kulabali's strength. Like, listen, he's he's played the Champions League, he's played the highest level of the game. And he looked like he'd had a pretty easy day. Yeah. In terms of yeah, he never had to really win any aerial duels, he never had to be strong really against anyone. He had to be quick, which he is he is quick anyway, but Stella Sims was listen, I, I don't think Ella Sims had any doubt in his mind that he was gonna score. We might have all thought he was going to put it wide, especially with like the way, especially back to seven. And we don't, we don't score that kind of goal last minute away. But listen, if he can kick on from here, he, we could have something on our hands. We can take the pre- take the pressure a little bit off off Calvert Lewin. Yeah, not have to rely on this one striker so much. And uh, listen, it, it, it might be the fact that he's going to be an impact sub for the rest of the season. No, that's all right for me. If we can get Calvert Lewin back after this international break, you give Calvert Lewin 60, 60 to sixty-five minutes a game, seventy in an absolute push. We've been a little bit pegged back, and then bring Ellis Sims on for the last half hour, 20, 20 minutes, half hour, to just again be a nuisance, hold the ball up, stand up to defenders. I'm all for it. Yeah, thank you. Well, the thing I took out of the goal. My biggest thing with the goal is every time I watch it, and I think I've watched it a hundred times from every angle, but it it just confidence me. You know, he, he doesn't he sort of doesn't come back and go yeah the corner get the ball have the ball back. You know, he doesn't stop and think, oh, I better just go into my centre midfielder or go back to my fullback, go to my winger. He he doesn't he, he just knows what he's going to do as soon as that ball lands at his feet. He just thinks yeah I know what I'm doing and. Getting me way, and you're just going to go to the floor. And I, I, I love having a forward, especially a young lad as well. He's only 22. 
you know, coming on two one down uh, at Stamford Bridge, and he's probably talking now. Nah. Balls in the box. He knows where the ball yeah. is. He knows where the goal is, and he's talking. I'm just gonna run. I'm just gonna run. Move him out the way and put him in the box and don't So I don't know if you saw it as well. Like when he does get past Koulibaly and he gets into the box, he ever so slightly lifts his head up as if to see where was it Kepa in goal, was it? Yeah, yeah. But Chelsea, he looks up to see where Kepa is and he knows, okay, I've got one place I can put this. And he sort of shifts his weight to put it onto his right foot so he can mm-hmm. put it put it past Kepa. It was cool. And that, that, like, cool. That, yeah, cool and composed. That's what that's what you need to be as a as a centre forward. Especially in the situation we're in, it's like listen, goals goals are our opinion for Everton. The more he can score for us, the better. Yeah. So we'll we'll just come away from uh, the match. Listen, we know it was a great point. It was a fantastic point. So I'll just get you your man of the match, mate. To be honest, I think it's hard to look past the Corey in it. Yeah, that was mine. Like for I mean, me, that was Paul's. The Corey was just fantastic. I mean. Or, or as you can, to sum up the Corey's game, look at that ball he put into Ella Sims. Yeah, again, yeah, he threaded he threaded the pass, threaded the eye of a needle. Mm-hmm. But straight straight through to Sims to run on to. Uh mm-hmm. I'd go as far as to say that was probably one of the best games I've ever seen the Corey play for Everton. I mean, in terms of yeah. his all around game. Uh I think if you want to take the Corey out of the equation. Do you know what? I don't think Tamari Gray had a bad game. And he was a nuisance all day. He did exactly what he needed to do. Uh, other than that, I'd say I think you'd have to look at Michael Keane. I mean, I know I know he's possibly a fault for the first goal, uh, but I just I think he was he was solid for all of it. I don't think he was ever really put into trouble. And I think it was you who said he couldn't do much else with the with the ball that comes in. I mean, maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. We don't. We're not Michael Keane. We we don't know what's going through his head at that moment in time. But it was just just a. I think the the whole spine of the team was pretty solid. No, I, I, if if I had to pick one man of the match, it would be Takori. Yeah, that'd be mine. I think Paul's was Takori, and Belinda's actually think she come around in the end and said Takori. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that point, obviously, at the time, took us. A point clear of West Ham in the relegation zone. I asked Paul this, and I asked Belinda, and there is, you know, there's the million dollar question or hundred million dollar question, if you like, in the Premier League. Are you more confident we'll stay up? I don't mean as in confidence as in like, oh yeah, we're definitely going to stay up. We've got a point at Chelsea, but what I mean is, from three weeks ago when we got beat by Liverpool to now, are you thinking actually, you know what, we can stay up? Now, me personally, you know, I put us. In League One, I thought we were dead and buried, and understandably so from the react from the performance that the yeah, couple of performances that we've seen. I'm sort of now leaning towards the fact that we're going to stay up. What, what, where would you go? Where would you lean? I'd say I'm 55 45. We're going to stay up. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that, number, that number grows with every performance because if we didn't sack Lampard when we did, we'd be gone. I think we'd be. As good as mathematically gone at this point, we'd be bottom of the league. Wow, oh, we'd yeah. be we'd be we'd be preparing for the next season in the championship. Yeah, and I think we'd be I think we'd be eight, ten, ten points away from seventeenth at the moment. We we wouldn't have beat we wouldn't have beat Arsenal. We wouldn't have beat Leeds. We wouldn't have got a point to Chelsea. We'd have got turned over by Brentford. Yeah. So we we wouldn't have, like 
under Lampard, I just couldn't see where the next win was coming from. But it, it like it makes me think about like we were all saying in the game chat after those two Bournemouth defeats, like we all love Lampard as as a person, but he's not the manager for Everton Football Club. I think if we'd have had Deitch at that point, we'd be comfortable. We'd be we'd be twelve. We'd be twelve, seven or eight points clear of this. Well, it's bad, but, when you look at it, how tight it is as well. Um, was it five points separates twelfth and twentieth? Exactly. So you could be, you know, we beat Tottenham on that Monday night when we come back from the, the international break. I think we are twelve. Well, obviously, depending yeah. on by the time we play, everyone else will have played by then. Um, but no, I think you are right in what you're saying because you've got forty, you've got fifty-five, forty-five. I think that's a good way of putting it, really. Because listen, you could we could be sat here three weeks, me and you going, what the. F- Hell's going on exactly? Yeah, exactly. Or we could be sat here going, Oh my god, they give up league conferences in the hell, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, Man, it's just that's the, that's the thing. It's like the thing giving me the most hope is how, how tight the bottom of the league is. Yeah, like if you if you have one defeat, you're not you're not out of it. If you have one win, you're not safe. It's kind mm-hmm. of it, it's actually if Everton weren't involved in it, it'd be quite exciting, but Everton are involved in it, so it's not exciting. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. Involved in anything to get yeah. down, but it's like if you look at other teams' fixtures as well. Like, like we've got Tottenham and Man United as our next two games. After that, we haven't got to play any of the the established top six for the rest of the season. No, like the 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 Sky Six, shall we call them? We've got to. We, actually, I'm like we play Man City. We play Man City at home, but yeah, that's not the second last game of the season, isn't it? Is it we can't? There's nothing to say we can't get a point out of them. We took a point away uh, from them, away away from home. And listen, it all depends which city uh, that are. If, if City's still got got to play for the uh, the Premier League, then obviously it's going to be a tough game. Uh, are they still in the Champions League or are they out? Yeah, yeah. No, they got Bayern Munich, didn't they? Oh yeah. That's, so if they if they're still in the Champions League, I think that Champions League means more to them than anything. Oh, especially to their to their owners. So if they're if they've got to concentrate on not getting it, so they can play in the uh, the Champions League, and there's nothing to say we can't take at least a point away from them. Maybe maybe a smash and grab win. I just don't want it to get to that point in the season where we were again the Palace game, second to last game of the season. Oh, no. Secure. I I I don't think my heart can take it. But I think it was. But I I fancy just to take. Take points off anyone at home. As I just said before, even Villa, we like on another day. On another day, we win that game three four nil. Like I can't yeah. see us anyone at all. And then used to say we can't go to like a Leicester away or a Palace away. We can go and beat them. Palace away and, and and go and go and beat them. Yeah, 100%. to just give ourselves a couple of extra points, right? I think we've we've got to win away from home eventually. Like the law yeah. of averages say, we've got to win away from home eventually. Sometime, yeah, but. We were just going back there sorry, to the Chelsea game. Um, it's not really just the Chelsea game, it's throughout the season. But obviously the last time was the Chelsea game. The fans are going to be massive in this again, are they? You know, they are, we are going to be massive in this, the home crowd, and making good in the fortress. But especially, I, I, I told Chelsea when I was watching the match, all you could hear was Everton. All you could hear was, you know... Good, the Goodison, uh, Goodison Gang song and Spirit of the Blues and, you know, just Everton songs. And I was just thinking to myself, if I can hear that on the telly, them players must be 
thinking, right, this is it. They were fantastic again, Eddie. Listen, mate, I know we might be a bit biased because of whatever fans ourselves, but I genuinely believe we've got the best fans in the league. Like, there's not many other teams would be. Maybe, maybe if it was a, a a team that's come up from the championship and it's like, who knows how much, how many seasons, how many games they're going to get to play in the Premier League. How many other teams would be in our position two, two years in a run? Sell out home, sell out away. P- people clamouring for spare for spare tickets to go to go and watch Everton, Everton United. You you guys are all looking for Everton United, Everton Tottenham. All everyone's looking for tickets. I'm with shit. <laughs> like let's face it, at the end of the day, we're, we're not great. we're not great, but we're, we're we're a lot better on the dice. But for a matter of fact, like for all intents and purposes, we're still shit. Yeah, I just think it's uh, it's shit that it's going to fall to the fans again. Again, we've said it many, many times. We've been let down from the powers that be. But it's easy to support the team when they're winning, isn't it? Like everyone's going on about how good Newcastle fans are. Like, I was like, Newcastle fans couldn't even sell out Goodison until a few months ago when they, when they got bought out by Saudi owners. Even like, it's easy to support a team when they're good, to support a team when they're shit, and they've got you down in the dumps and you hate them. That's that's the true test of a fan to me. Do, do, do you know, do you know as well, just quickly, um, the thing I like about Sean Dyson, I like this straight away, he's not interested enough, you know. You know when you actually think about it, he doesn't, he, he likes the fans, and you know, we keep saying in his press conferences, you know, we've got to get Goodison behind us, but we've got to do that. We've got to give them that. Um, I, I, People might disagree. Listen, people might come for me, but when Lampard used to come off to the away crowd and go, put in the fist bump, you don't see Dice do that. Because Dice is there for no. one reason. He's there to win football matches. He's exactly. instantly thinking of, he's not getting lapped up in this sort of... I don't know. He, he doesn't want to be in this position. I'm not saying Lampard did, but what I'm trying to say is he, he he's instantly thinking of the next game, next game, next game. Yeah. That whistle went against Chelsea. He takes two steps onto even at Goodison. Remember, I've never ever seen him do a lap of Goodison like Lampard did. Now people go, "Oh, that's not with the fans." He's not bothered about whether the fans like him or not. He's not. No. All he all he cares I... about is winning football matches. He knows I'm going to get used to liking me by winning football matches. Really, that's the thing. Lampard pulled the wool over our eyes because he would come out and go, um, I'm an Evertonian and he gets that new. And he got, he, got, he got a lot of time through that. He got a lot of, yeah. he, got, he got a lot more time than he should have through the fact of, yeah, but he gets to the club and that was the same way he gets to the club and stuff. This fella might not get to the club as much as Lampard, but he's a football manager. That's the thing, isn't it? Like Lampard, yeah, Lampard, we all love, we've said it time and time again, we all love Lampard. Lampard's a fantastic fella, and he really did. He really did buy into what it means to be an Evertonian. But I think Sean Dyche buys into the fact that he knows what it means to win the Evertonians over. As in, he, he I'm not going to say like Lampard wasn't passionate and things like that. But if you watch Dyche on the on the touchline, he kicks every ball. He he wins every header. He's taking every throw in. He's, I don't know if you saw that video, I think it was against Leeds, and he shouted the linesman, do your fucking job. Yeah. Like, he's a, fo- he's a football fan rather than an Everton fan. And I've got no problem with that. If it means we stay in the league, it means next season we kick on, 
we actually have a season where we can enjoy watching Everton again and not having to worry about other teams' results or whatever's going on around us. And if by some miracle he drags us through to to say a Carling Cup final or even a, like a, a cup semi final, we have a good cup run. Yeah. I think he buys a lot. He buys a lot of time for, with the Evertonians. He buys a lot of time for the with the Evertonians. I think that's what that's a part of why Moyes was so successful at Everton. Is all right. He got, he did get the fans, but he knew he knew his main purpose was to win football games, and if he didn't, he'd be out of his ass. And I think Dyche knows the same thing. I think that's what got him so much time at Burnley was he dragged Burnley had no right to stay in the Premier League as long as he did. He dragged he dragged them through to keep yeah, them in the league as long as he did. And I think that we've sort of got to have that same mentality as like I'll give up a manager who's fist fist bumping and running around and like I mean as much as we love Big Dunk when when he was hugging the ball but it was boss. We but he shouldn't have been in that position. And if if it means we never have to see a manager running down the, the sidelines to release a pure moment of passion because it hasn't been one for a while. I'll take that. I'll take that every day, if it means where where we should be. Yeah, uh, this isn't a fun club. This isn't this isn't us having a go fun club. I've just seen the difference. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and why it's going not so well, but why it's going a lot better than it did. Um, so we'll just touch on a couple of things before we go. Well, a couple of transfer rumours that I've seen. Um, Tammy Abraham. Now, listen, I don't know how much rumour I'd want for Tammy Abraham, but is it a player that you'd be interested in? Is it someone that maybe you'd, you'd like to look at? You'd like Everton to go and sort of try and get him? Obviously, depending on if we stay in the Premier League or not, but is that someone you'd be excited about? Oh, I'd, I'd love Tammy Abraham at Goodison, but... There's no zero chance it happens. Even if we do stay in the league, not a chance. Roma are going to want 70 million plus for him. We haven't got 70 million plus to spend on a player. And I think, even if we did, I think to blow our entire budget on one player when we all know we need squad depth is a bit much. Well, I just. Did you decide if it was needed? Well, no Roma isn't the Roma fantastic football club and they will demand top money, but you. The lads who we've been linked with for God knows how long now, the, the Coventry striker, is it Jokarets, is it? Jokarets. Yeah, he, he again, his name's come up that constantly keeping tabs on him. So they must have a list and give it to the manager, what you think of him. And yeah, that type of stuff. I don't know the ins and outs of everything, but it's just weird the way a new manager leaves. Kevin Talbot, yeah. well, obviously likes him. He seems he seems to me like he, he's more of an, of an Everton fit. Yeah, as in. He's he's sort of that diamond in the rough. I think Tammy like Tammy Abraham is a is a phenomenal football player. He's a fantastic football player. He's too polished for Everton. He's he play, he doesn't play an Everton style of game. Whereas I think Jokic he's, he's used to the down and dirty of the like the lower leagues, and he he sort of got that bit of uh, Kale about him as he he knows he's got to fight. He knows he's got to win. He's got to keep his position, and he knows. I mean, I haven't seen. I can't. I can't say I've seen a lot of this, a lot of that Jokic. But uh, my cousin's married to the now Portsmouth right back. And he was at Preston a couple of years ago, and that Jokic just gave him a dog's life. I watched that game, and Jokic just ran him everywhere. Like he, he just, he had 
Jokic was turning him inside out, left and right, and he just couldn't couldn't keep up with him. And I'll take that. That's what we need. And even if it needs that, you need to adapt his game, and he needs to sort of stay in the box and be a uh, just a, a fox in the box kind of striker. I think he's he's more than capable of that. Mm. I think if out of the two of them, I think Jokic is the more viable option for me personally. Well, I think that is the the route the road that they'll sort of go down. Um, just thing with transfers, there was thing that come out today from uh, for a bit of Romaro that Neil Mopai looked like he was actually on his way out in January. Uh, we'd agreed with a team in Serie A, and now we're going to try and say Salernitana. Yeah, thanks, G. Um, <laughs> I work with Italians, it's the only way I know how to pronounce it. Um, that it according to his tweet, if you sort of be between the lines, it was done in January. Dice, uh, Lampard left, Dice come in, and Mike said, No, I need him. Now, what I got from that was if the deal was done and then the change of managers, the reason that never happened, Lampard was going to get rid of Neil Mopai. Mm-hmm. You bought him. So who bought see, him? I, see, I, I don't think Lampard, Lampard bought Mopai. That's, that would, think, well, that's so, what would be thinking was. I was thinking to myself, is it, am I the only person I'm probably, listen, I'm probably not, I'm no Sherlock Holmes. What I was thinking, if it wasn't Lampard that was trying to get, push him out and go, I never wanted him in the first place. So if that's the case, listen, I don't think we'll ever know, but what, what do you think? Do, would you get rid of would, would you have got rid of the nail more if you just left if you'd have left in January, would you have gone all oh, yet yeah, sound? And also would you now let him leave in, in the summer? See, for me it was all it all depends on in the summer, I think I think he is gone. I don't yeah. think he's a Sean. He's a Sean Dyche player, but again, I think maybe he was on the way out in January based on the fact that Farad Mashidi said we were going to get a striker. I think he saw he, he thought of saw himself. He thought he saw himself falling further down the pecking order because obviously, Cavaloon right now is always going to be our number one striker when he's fit, and any striker we would have brought in in January would have been that backup striker. And then Sims got recalled from from Sunderland, and it just whether you like more play or not, he wants to play football, doesn't he? Like, yeah, no, to put your feet there. I think you think about it. He's probably sat there in January and had an interview with his boss, the owner of the football club. Gone. If we need a striker, I'll get one. Now, if you're the striker, I ain't going to go. I'm going to. But yeah. that, does that show the character of Neil Mopai? Does that show the character of, well, no, actually, I'm here, I'm going to prove you wrong? Or does he instantly just go, I'm, I'm out of here? He's a chance to replace me already, which obviously we it's don't hard, have. It's hard to say, isn't it? Because like, it's not like he's playing regularly. I mean, I know he got, he's off the bench, and I know, I think, again, he's got a he's got a certain role. He's that, he's that annoying. He's like a fly, and he just buzzes around everyone and just annoys them. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a chance... He's, he's still got a big part to play in this season. Listen, if Neil Morpay scores the goal, that keeps us in the Premier League. Build a build a statue, yeah. just build a build a statue outside of Bramley Moor. I, I think if that's the case, I think uh, Carl Brown himself will have an aneurysm <laughs> if Morpay scores the goal that keeps us in the Paul Premier League. Believe it. I think Paul. We all not we all know how he, he, he uh, we all know how Paul feels about Neil Morpay. But again, I think. 
even even in the, in in the summer, it's dependent on what the club wants to do. But it, it does feel like under Dice we have got a bit more direction. It, it's sort of we. It seems to be that there, there is an actual plan in place. Yeah. As far as the the football and like team as it is right now, so it's hard to say. But I wouldn't have got rid of him in January. No, I, I think to be honest, I think they've been uproar. Not that, not people were. I know he's not everyone's favourite, but I think the thought of well, selling strikers and well replacing them would have just you know they'd have been absolute murder. So yeah, hopefully we'll see. We'll, you know, we'll see that develop in the summer. And you you yes. said there before we build a statue outside Bromley Mall. So you moved me nicely onto the, our, our last point really. Um, it's just coming together now, isn't it? You look at these, you know, Sky Sports proposed stadium, yeah, built. Goes to show how much they know the build, You know what I mean? It's not exactly like a cone. <coughs> uh, so you just you, you've got to you've got to sort of enjoy it. I mean, yeah, I know it's hard, but every time you see a picture of it or a video of it, there's always that thing in the back of your mind of the championship, and which is. Fair, which you know, it's a fair point. You've got to, you've got to think like that. But let's just take that out of it for a second. It looks amazing. Put Boston on it. Like, yeah. that's going to be some stadium when it's built. Whether touch wood, it, it's not in the championship. Touch wood, it is a Premier League ground. It's gonna, it's gonna rival. There's, there's not many grounds in the in the world that are going to be able to rival that in terms of how good it's going to be. And I just think if if we get if if we get our Everton back, like. I like I knew when I was growing up, like you knew when you were growing up. And we get that big blue wall bouncing. I just think no one's gonna want to come there. There's not gonna be one team in the planet who's gonna want to come there when Everton when Everton fans are being full Everton fans and being horrible and it's nice I still think Goodison Park is unrivaled for the actual not necessarily the atmosphere as in like songs and things like that, but like the shouts people say and all the, the mad stuff people say in the stands. I don't just don't think there's anywhere else in the world like it. No legends. But if we can if we can have half of what Goodison Park is after how many more, it's just gonna be it's gonna be phenomenal. And listen, there's a very good chance I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Next time I'm home is August. Uh, there's a very good chance that's my last ever visit to Goodison Park as a as a football stadium for Everton. And that just just thinking about it just breaks me out. The fact that I'll never walk up the, up those up Goodison Road for me nans again to it's go to the match. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. the the thought of it just doesn't bear thinking about. But if we want to evolve as a football club, we we've got to move on. And listen, Goodison Park saved us well. Goodison Park's got some of the, the best history of any of any ground in the world. No, and no one can no one can deny that. No. Whether you love Everton, you hate Everton, you're indifferent mm-hmm. towards Everton. We probably but, make Bromley Moore as well. Yeah, that Bromley Moore is going to be something, something special. And I just, I, I hope one day that there is success at that Bromley Moore. Yeah, they will. They will be. Oh, listen, I, I think people have said that for years, haven't they? So, so it's just got to move in and let it go. <laughs> let, you know, let it, let's just get in the Premier League and get in there, I think. Yeah. But it does look absolutely, when you drive past it, you just obviously. As I say, you're on the other side of the world, so it's a bit different, but when you drive past it, 
uh, I went to Southport with me, me little niece and you're on the train and it goes the train goes past yeah. and you can see everyone sort of looking out the window whispering that's everything new ground and when I want to give you that sense of pride uh, uh, people are going to see that uh, and that's going to be the home of Everton Football Club on the, the, the river front but thanks to the Royal Blue Mersey yeah but, I mean I did I, I did see it in October and and then obviously it wasn't as, as finished as it is now and even like my jaw at the floor I was like, oh, we're actually going to, this is going to be at Everton Stadium. Are we sure this isn't going to be like, but a well-run team. <laughs> this is actually going to be Everton Stadium. I just, I, I, like, as, much, as, as I say, as much as leaving Goldstone Blake now, it's like, I can't wait to watch us there. I, I can't. I, I just, it's going to, I get nervous when I think about it, you know, walking up in the, for the first time, going to the new ground. Drone, just doesn't seem like it's real, when you think. Yeah. If it's something you think yeah, it's never gonna happen. Walk in and be like, Where, where's my seat? Where am I sitting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like brothers and now you could walk in a blindfold and yeah. you know every single step that you need to take. Um but no, listen, it'd be amazing and everyone should look forward to it. If you can get down there and you haven't been down there, uh, just you know, even you when you come home, you know, you probably will, but if anyone's listening and they think oh, I'll go down, just make time. You know, get yourself yeah. an hour, a spare hour, and just go and have a look at it, stand by the pub, and it really does its own. When you look at it, if you haven't seen it for a while as well, it really does its own of how big and how good it's going to be. And it's getting the best fans in the world, and it? so it's not like it's going to be empty like the SEL. Nope. Or, you know, we don't build top balconies or main stands, we just built new grounds. We don't build big stands, do we? No. We just uh, think, what's this, the, the third one in the city? Yeah, third one in the city. Hopefully we keep this one. But no, thanks very much for joining me, mate. I know it's no worries, mate. It's, uh, difficult for you sometimes, isn't it? To get on being in Canada, but might as well take advantage of it now while it's uh might as well take advantage of it now while it's four it's only four hours instead of five. Yeah. Can you just get to, goes forward again on Sunday and it'll be five hours again. So yeah, when it's five hours, you're gonna have to do it on your own. <laughs> <Any better. laughs> Just no, uh, want some mad waffle about everything. Yeah. No, thanks very much for joining us. And, no and uh, for anyone listening, we've got a little special segment coming out after this. Um, not after this pod, but it's its own separate pod. And it's me, Jay, Paul, and Melinda. And it's just a little nice, light, funny one. And we're just talking about our football licks uh, and our pet peeves in football in general, going to match, going to Everton. And in the, and just football in general, really. So you no, know, it's good to record, and it's quite funny. So yeah. catch us over there if you if you fancy a laugh. Yeah. So, uh, thanks very much for that, G. No worries, mate. Up the toffees. Up the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.